So let me, let me start this off today by asking a um, kind of a personal question, okay? How many of you have ever judged someone else? All right, just showing a hand. Let's just raise our hands. Okay, good. If you've ever judged. If you're not raising your hand, then I'm, we're silently judging you right now. <laughs> we're, um, it's something that we do, right? I mean, we, we, like, we cannot help it. We judge. We are a judge, judging kind of folk. And, and I don't mean just church people. I mean in general. It's, it's really easy to meet someone, size them up in about 10, 15 seconds, you know, run a scan and just be like, all right, got this person, right? Either I'm going to like him or I'm going to not like him. Either I'm, you know, going to be friendly to him or I'm not going to be friendly. It's, it's very, very easy to do. Uh, and we all do it. And we also always try to find ways to justify it, right? So like we try to say that we're not judging. We, we find all kinds of you know, unique kind of circular ways to pretend that, no, 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 we're not actually judging, we're doing something else. I actually found some examples of this online I thought I'd share with you. One is this. It says, I'm not judging you, I'm diagnosing you, okay? So no, I'm not judging, I'm just like analyzing, right? I like this one. It says, I'm not judging you, I'm just saying that the way that I act is more correct than yours, all right? That's all, I'm not judging. And then, of course, my favorite one is, I'm not judging you for doing it, I'm judging you for putting it on Facebook, all right? Come on, somebody. Um, it's what we do. We judge. And we, we start when we're really, really young. Uh, it, just, it just starts to happen when we're young. Like, I was in, uh, in the family room with my five-year-old son the other day, five. And we're sitting on the couch, and I had on a T-shirt, and I have a tattoo right here on the back of my arm. I got it 15, year, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, and... Uh, my, my son's looking at it, and he goes, Dad, you know that's not going to come off, right? <laughs> and I go, yeah, no, I know. I know it's not going to come off. And he goes, why did you get that, Dad? Why did you get that? And I go, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, don't, I don't really know why. It's kind of hard to explain why you do that. I don't know why I got it. He's like, Dad, don't you think you should have thought about that before you got the <laughs> tattoo? I'm like, dude, you're fi- I was changing your diapers three years ago. Don't judge me, man. Back off, right? Your mom likes it. So easy, pal. Um, but we judge, right? And, and church folks are like, we're really good at it. We're really, really good at it. In fact, there are millions of people today that are sitting at home instead of in church not because they have an aversion to Jesus, not because they hate the Bible, not because they don't believe in God, but because at some point in their life, they went into a church and they felt judged, right? And they felt like, I don't want to be around uh, people who are going to judge me. I don't want to experience that. And so they, they stay home. And in fact, I guarantee you, there are a number of people here today who have had some kind of experience like that. And so you're here, but you're here tentatively. Your antennas are up. And you're sensitive because you're going to say, well, I got to be really careful here because I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to be judged again. So I'm going to be very, very cautious. And I want to say, you know, first of all, welcome if that's you. Um, we're not perfect. And we're far from it. And, and we probably will mess it up from time to time. Um, but we try to strive to be a place where people, wherever you're coming from, can come and don't feel judged. They feel loved. Um, and, and, and so that's just part of the nature of who we are as people. We're judges. But churches are not the only place. I mean, everywhere you go in life, on the job, you know, on, uh, uh, in academia, in schools, wherever you go, at, at your work, 
uh, on Facebook, what, social media, you're going to get judged, right? And so Jesus, in his candid, authoritative, clear, you know, uh, uh, unequivocal way, steps into this issue in our life like he does in all the difficult issues of our life. And here's what he says. He says, do not judge. Don't do it. Do not judge. That's his position on judging. Don't, right? Um, and this statement is the subject of a lot of debate. Debate. So, like, what does he mean by judge? Because, I mean, immediately when you see this, if you're like me, you're like, okay, but, 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 what do you mean do not judge, right? It, it, it's kind of an open statement. Um, there was a, a, a Russian novelist named Leo Tolstoy who wrote War and Peace, Anna Karenina, and, and he actually wrote a whole treatise on this, right? His view, he took a very extreme view of this, of this statement. He said, I think this means that there shouldn't be law courts. There shouldn't be any kind of judgment whatsoever. There should be no lawyers, which is probably a good thing. But, but, but um, he, he just said, <laughs> sorry, the lawyers just pointed at me. Um, um, you know, and he, and he basically said, you know, we, we, it's kind of a Christian anarchy. There should be no, there, nobody should judge anybody for anything, which is a pretty extreme view, right? Um, we in contemporary America have sort of a variation of that. Um, we kind of, in general, as the culture, we say, hey, um, maybe this means that you should just reserve judgment about everything. Like, you should not exercise your critical faculties to discern between right and wrong, right? Your t- truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And, the, and, you know, it's sort of a moral philosophical relativism. Like, there's no, it's, it's sort of squishy. And, like, there is, we just shouldn't decide about anything, Right? And, it, and if someone says that to you, if they say, hey, man, it's wrong of you to say that something is wrong, then, of course, you go, wait a second. <laughs> Did you just say that was wrong? Okay, so anyway, it's sort of circular. But, but what, you know, it leaves us with the question, what does he mean? What does he mean? Here's the thing. He didn't put a period behind that, right? There's a comma behind that in the Scripture because he's got more to say. He's going to explain in just a few moments what this means do not judge. So let's look down at what he says. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured against you. So he's not just giving a command not to judge. He's giving us a universal truth about the nature of judging. And the nature of judging is this. If you judge someone harshly, you will be judged harshly. If you judge someone justly, you will be judged justly. If you judge someone mercifully, you will be judged mercifully. In other words, yes, what he's saying is when it comes to judging, we always reap what we sow. If we measure it this much out, this much will be measured out to us. Um, I, I had another instance this week, um, and I won't keep using my kids as an example because they'll grow up and hate me. But um, um, but I, I, the, both of my boys were on the kitchen table, uh, not on the kitchen table. They were at the kitchen table, and they were drawing. And um, they both get very intense when they're drawing. And um, Jameson, the older one, saw Lincoln using a specific marker. And so Jameson decided that he wanted that marker. And so without asking, while like midline, Jameson just grabs the marker out of Lincoln's hand. And I'm sitting in the family room, but I can see him diagonally through there. And I go, Jam-, and you know, of course, Lincoln's upset. I go, Jameson, come here. Jameson comes in, and I said, I want you to sit over here. You're in timeout. 
And he's like, oh, man. I mean, he knew what he did. Sits down, and he goes, how long do I have to sit and time out? He's, a, he's like, he wants to negotiate stuff. And I go, well, how long do you think you should sit and time out? He goes, not very long. <laughs> and I said, well, let me ask you this. If Lincoln took the marker out of your hand, how long should he have to sit and time out? Oh, man, you could see the wheels turning. It was like, a lot. Wait a second. Um, you know, you could see it. He's doing the calculation. He knows. And he goes, um, I would say like two to three minutes. And I go, okay, buddy, so you need to be in timeout for two to three minutes. And after the timeout, Rebecca turns to me and she goes, that was some good parenting. You know? And I'm like, yes, that was. Uh, and if I were being judged on my parenting, I'd like to be judged on that instance, right? Not on all the other instances uh, where I stomp around and then snort and buck and get mad and whatever. I don't want those instances, right? Here's the thing. We want to be judged on the good stuff that we do. We don't want to be judged on the bad stuff that we do, right? But when we judge others, we tend to judge them on the flaw, on the foible, on the issue, on the sin, on the problem, on the thing that we see that they have. And that's the thing that we magnify. And that's the thing that we, you know, look at as compared to ourselves, And that is precisely the action that Jesus is condemning, right? And we know that because he says this. He says, why do you look at uh, the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye. In other words, why are you looking at that flaw, that sin, that foible, that thing in their, in their eye, and you pay no attention. You don't even notice the massive plank in your own eye. I have a four-by-four four beam in my backyard, and I almost brought that today as an illustration, but I didn't. But anyway, it's this huge beam. Uh, and, he's, and he's saying, look, you've got, you've got a massive, you've got a log in your retina right now, and you're looking at a little tiny sawdust piece in somebody else's eye, and you're totally ignoring this one, and you're looking at theirs. He said, how can you, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when all the time there is a plank in your own? So he's saying, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Why do you judge somebody else for the little thing that they have when you've got this big thing in your eye, right? Well, that's actually not a really hard question to ask. I think it was a rhetorical question. But if I were asked to respond to that question, I think I could respond to that question. Number one is, it's way more fun to judge somebody else's sin than to mess with my own, right? I don't want to deal with my stuff. I want to deal with your stuff. It's a lot more fun. There's a great theologian, John Stott, and uh, he put it like this. He said... um, Got his quote in here. Here he is. He says, when we judge others, we experience the pleasure of self-righteousness without the pain of penitence. So when you look, I don't know if you've ever had to just reflect on your own sin. It's not fun. It's not fun to do that. It's not fun to go, man, I really messed up in that area. Right? That wasn't good. It is fun to go, can you believe that? (laughs) Whoa, I can't believe. I mean... I won't give specific examples, but there were some, like uh, in, in the news this week, there have been a couple of things that I've looked at and I just go, man, I got to just shake my head. I can't believe, you know, um, hashtag ask Rachel. I don't know if you've been following that story, but there's, I, I judge, I judge. Um, so, 
So we, we do this. It's a, lot, it's a lot more fun. In fact, there's a, a preacher named Craig uh, uh, Groeschel, and he says, if, 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 if you're not enjoying sin, you're not doing it right. Right? If it's not fun, because when we sin, it's, at least there's some pleasure for the season. Right? And so that's number one. We judge other people because, man, it is just a lot more fun to judge than, than to judge us. Number two is it's efficient. Right? We judge other people because it saves us the time and the energy of having to get to know that person. I can, I can look you up and down. I can know about four things about you. I can judge you, sum you up, and write you off. And I don't ever have to go through the challenge of getting to know you and understanding your story and hearing where and walking in your shoes, right, and understanding wh- what happened to you and things that you've experienced. I don't, I don't have to do that if I judge you. So there's an efficiency in judging. We just go, Psh, I don't have to know that person. I can just skate on by. And then the third reason is this. Focusing on the sins of others, it helps us to minimize our own sins, right? So if I am looking at your sins, and I can find somebody who seems to be sinning worse than me, it's not hard. I, I just, I don't know if they are sinning, but it looks like they are. So I can easily just look at somebody else and go, you know what, man? Look, can you believe that? Because by comparison, I'm not so bad, right? I, I don't watch American Idol but I do like it when they do the episode where people audition badly. You ever watch that? I love that. Uh, because, uh, you know, you watch that and you go, man, I'm like Pavarotti next to this guy. Right? These guys can't, you know. Um, Claude, you should watch. Um, Amer- so, um, you know, we, so, so, this is why we do, so this is why we do this, right? There are a lot of reasons. And so when Jesus says, hey, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and you don't even notice the, the log in your own? You say, well, well here's three, three good reasons, Jesus. Here's three good reasons why I do this. Let me explain. And Jesus says, you hypocrite. That stings. He says, look, that's, that's hypocrisy. If you want to know what hypocrisy is, it's when you look at and, mag- and, and uh, magnify the sin in somebody else's life without looking at the sin in your own. That's what it is. And Jesus is saying, that is absolute hypocrisy. I despise that. In fact, all of Jesus' most colorful language in the New Testament was reserved for people who were self-righteous, people who looked down their noses at other people's sins, right, and didn't look at their own. And so Jesus is saying, uh, to them and to, to us, he's saying, don't do that. He says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye. All right, so this is his first, this is, start, this is where he starts to really open up and explore what this whole judging thing is about. So we look at this and we go, okay, uh, take the plank out of my own eye. So what Jesus is saying on this topic of judging is that I need to clean up my act right? I need to clean up what's going on with me. Uh, I need to just focus on my sin and clear that up. And that's part of it, right? Because if we don't do that, we're being called a fake, a poser, a hypocrite, uh, you know, somebody wearing a mask. And, and I don't want that, right? So he says, take the plank out of your own eye. It may sound like he's saying, you know what, mind your own business, right? And, and that might be part of what he's saying, right? He says, mind your own business. But you notice that he says first. First implies that there's going to be more, right? First implies that this is a list. So let's see where he goes with this. He says, first, take the plank out of your own eye, 
and then you will see clearly. He says, you will see clearly now the plank is gone. Right? So, right. So sorry about that. I just want to keep, I just want to keep you tracking with me here. Um, so he says, so, so take the plank out so that you can see clearly. Now, maybe we take this to mean, okay, okay, Jesus, what you're saying is um, I should take the plank out so that I can see clearly, so that I can know what's going on in my life. And this is co- sort of like a self-improvement kind of teaching where I just clean up my act and then I just move along. Maybe, maybe this helps me to see not only my sin better, but see other people's sin better. And just to go, okay, you know, gosh, good luck to you. Um, I hope that everything works out, you know, in your life because I'm actually going the right way now. And you know, you're clearly not, but, but I see that. And now I know that. So, so it, it sort of feels like it's just sort of directed at us. But here's the thing about, about being a Christian. It's never just about what's in it for you, right? The gospel is partly about getting you healed, getting you restored, getting you delivered, and getting you empowered. But it's never just about that. It's ultimately about getting you healed, getting you restored, getting you delivered, getting you empowered so that you can help other people get healed, get restored, get delivered, and get empowered. And that's why Jesus said, so you will see clearly to what? To remove the speck from your brother's eye. So this is not a mind your own business teaching. This is a teaching about what it means to be a part of a Christian community. A brotherhood and sisterhood following Jesus. A family of God where we help each other. Where we encourage each other. Where we strengthen one another. Where we reach out to one another. If I'm walking down a path and I'm going the wrong way. And I'm about to fall off a cliff. I don't want someone to say, I, at least I can see the right way. Good luck, man. You know, enjoy, right? I want them to say, hey, 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 you got something in your eye. Don't fall off that cliff. Come over here, right? If I see one of my children at the top of the stairs, I'm not going to look and say, hey, I don't judge you. You know, hang out at the top of the stairs. Do your thing. I'm going to go to that child and say, hey, 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 let me help you. Let me help move you away from danger. Right? So Jesus is saying we remove the speck from our eye so that we can help. Uh, we remove the log from our eye so that we can help other people remove the speck from their eye. In other words, he's saying, go ahead. He's saying, do not judge is actually a call to healing, not a license for avoidance. So this is a twist because we start off thinking like maybe he's just saying take care of ourselves and leave everybody else alone. That's not what he's saying. We watch a show sometimes on Sunday nights called, um, we watch it on Hulu, so I don't know when it actually airs, but it's called um, Amazing Race. Anybody ever seen that show? So, so there's this show, and I love this show. And um, what happens in this show is, you know, these people are competing, and they're going all around. It's like a global scavenger hunt, and they're trying to, you know, compete against other teams to go get all these prizes, and, and then the first one to make it to the end wins a million dollars or something. And so... There was an episode a few weeks ago where there are these two teams, and they're racing against each other. And one team was going the wrong way, and the other team was going the right way. And as you can, you can hear them because they have them mic'd. And the team that was going the right way said, Shh, don't tell them they're going the wrong way. Don't, we've got to hide, right? We've got to keep going. Because they want them to go the wrong way because they want them to lose because they want to win, right? That's what we do when we ignore the speck in our brother's eye. 
When we allow somebody to keep walking down the right, the wrong way without at least putting our arm around them and going, hey, can I reach out to you, man? Can I, can I, can I walk with you on something? Can I talk through something with you on this thing? Right? I don't, I don't want, if I'm walking the wrong way, I don't want you to ignore me. If you're walking the wrong way, you don't want people to ignore you. You want somebody to reach, around, reach their arm around and say, hey, let me help guide you back on the right path, right? So it's a call to healing, not a license to avoid. Um, there's a, 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 a lot of, there's a ton of scriptures, and I'm not going to put them up here, but I'm just going to read a couple of them to you, okay? Um, where the scriptures just over and over and over and over reiterate this point. So listen to these real quick. James five nineteen to 20 says, My brothers, if any of you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. He's saying, you know what? Don't ignore. Reach out. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should, in a spirit of gentleness, right? Not mocking, not scoffing, not pointing. In a spirit of gentleness, uh, um, uh, restore them. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth. Some, some of us are afraid to confront somebody else because we don't want to, you know, get their feelings hurt or hurt our feelings or make them not like us, right? Um, it says, if your brother sins against you in Matthew 18, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Don't go broadcast it. Go tell him his fault. And if he listens to you, you will have made a brother, right? If you go to someone and say, hey, man, we have to talk about something. I always like to start these conversations by saying, hey, you know what? This is going to be an awkward conversation. And then they know this is going to be awkward. And it is. And it is awkward. Um, does it feel kind of awkward right now? It does not a little bit. So, um, it, but, but this, is, this is what we do as Christian brothers and sisters. We look out for each other. And we have come. We don't get up into everybody's business. And in fact, one of the reasons we don't judge, right, is that we don't want people to not like us. We don't want to risk the relation, you know, ruining or hurting the relationship. And we might not want to be held accountable ourselves. So there's a lot of reasons not to judge, right? But um, Andy Stanley says, I love his quote on this. He says, if the sin of others doesn't break your heart, it's probably because your heart has never, never been broken by your own. So if you see somebody and you go, man, I just know where that leads. I've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. I know I'm not perfect. I am, I, my heart is repentant, but I'm looking at somebody else, and I know that their, their path is just going to lead them to a dead end, right? And if, I, and if I don't reach out to them, if I don't, then I'm not loving them as a brother or sister. Now, the question then arises, all right, so how do we do this, and to whom do we do this, right? So do we just put everybody on blast on Facebook? We just go on Instagram and just go, hey, hey, sinners, you're all going the wrong way, right? Put a sandwich board on and go down Del Mar, right? No. It's in the text. Look what it says. If you, go, if you go to the text, it says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from whose eye? Your brother's eye. This is somebody with whom you have a relationship. This is somebody with whom you've built trust. This is somebody that you've got a trust account with, right, where you've let them know and they understand that you're behind them and you're with them and that you're supporting them and that you're, you're, all, you're for them, right? Because I tell you what, people do not like it. <laughs> people do not like it when you help when you try to help them and instruct them about something that they're doing that isn't right. People don't like it. I don't like it when somebody gets up in my face and tells me I'm doing something wrong. We just don't like it, right? And so then Jesus, so if we summed up where we are right now, it's basically this. Don't judge. 
but do help, right? That's kind of where we're at in this sermon. And then Jesus throws in this verse that is just so crazy and so out there and so strange that you go like, I don't even know where this fits in the story. Okay, let's look at it. He says, and this is the next verse. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under feet and turn and tear you to pieces. (laughs) So you're going, okay, wait a minute. We were talking about planks and we were talking about sawdust and I got all that. And now we're talking about dogs and we're talking about pigs. What are we talking about? What Jesus is talking about here is some people don't want the speck taken out of their eye. And when you try to help them take the speck out of their eye, they might turn around (laughs) and bite your face off, is what Jesus is saying. It's really hard, and it's sometimes dangerous to help a person who just refuses to be helped. It's really hard and sometimes dangerous, and sometimes we're that person. Sometimes we are the person who doesn't want to be helped. I read an article um, this week about uh, an incident down in the state of Assam in the uh, northeastern part of India. And in this, in this little city, um, there was a, a leopard that had come out of a reserve, a game reserve, and had gone and wandered into this city. And it had already, this is like in 2012, it had already um, maimed two people and it had killed one person. Um, and so it was, this leopard was just moving through the city. And there was a, a worker who was coming home from work his name was Pintu Day, and he was coming home from work, and he saw that, the, uh, that law enforcement had this leopard sort of at the, you know, cornered, and they had their firearms drawn and their weapons drawn pointed at this leopard. And this worker felt compassion for the leopard. And so he jumped in between law enforcement and the leopard. And he was saying, don't shoot, don't shoot. In fact, he was quoted in an article in the newspaper. He said, I pleaded against killing the cat. He said, I literally stood between the policeman uh, and the leopard like a shield. But of course, the leopard, the leopard has no idea who's trying to help and who's trying to hurt. And so what happened is that this leopard attacked this worker, nearly killed him, maimed him, broke his arm, bit him, tons of blood loss, almost killed the guy that was trying to help him. Jesus is saying that sometimes we get so invested in our sin, we get so committed to our sin, we get so blind to it that when somebody reaches out to help, we attack. We attack them because we think, you're judging me. And he's saying, I think he's saying to all of us, like sometimes that person, maybe they're not doing it exactly right. Maybe their level of decorum is not perfect. Maybe their tactfulness is not perfect. But are there instances in your life where you look back and you go, you know what, actually, that person was trying to help. He might not have done it perfectly, or she might not have done it perfectly, but I wasn't really being judged. That person was trying to help me. And in this passage, Jesus is saying, I'm also teaching you who are self-willed. So I'm teaching the self-righteous who are judging everybody right? I'm teaching the self-interested who are seeing clearly their own stuff, but they don't want to run the risk of trying to help anybody else out. And I'm talking to the self-willed who don't want to be helped by anybody. And they're walking around with a chip on their shoulder because they're saying, don't judge me. Don't judge me. And really, people aren't judging you. People are trying to help you. So if we sum all of this up, right, this whole judging sermon, 
Jesus is talking to three people, all of whom uh, we all fit into one of these categories. So here's what he's saying. He's saying to the self-righteous, repent. To those of us who have spent time in our life looking down our nose at other people, not, you know, ignoring our own sin, ignoring our own problems, looking down our nose at other people, he's saying, don't do that. Repent from that because that is abhorrent to me. Don't be, don't do that, right? Don't sit in the judgment seat. Don't act like you're a God over them and that you get to render judgment. Don't do that. He's saying repent. To the self-interested, he's saying confront. There may be times where you need to go to somebody, a brother or a sister, who has done wrong either to you or someone else, and the Scripture says gently restore them. Go to them and say, hey, I love you, you know this, and I need to talk to you about something because I feel like you're going to harm yourself or somebody else, right? I mean, some of the worst some of the worst situations, and some of you know this from your own families, sometimes the worst thing to do is to not do anything. Sometimes the worst thing to say is to not say anything. And silence in a situation where somebody is heading down a wrong path may seem well-mannered, it may seem tactful, it may seem nice, it may seem like the right thing to do, and it can absolutely lead to total destruction of the other person. So have the love and the courage to reach out and talk to that other person and try to help them gently, after you've taken the log out of your eye, help them get the speck out of their own eye. That's what he's saying. And then the third category, he's saying to the self-willed, Jesus is saying, listen, listen, because you may learn that the person who's talking to you is not trying to hurt you, and they're not trying to judge you. They're trying to help you. I don't know about you, but I've been in that state in my life. I've been in all three of these states. I probably move through them on a daily basis. But, but I, I remember distinctly a time in my life when people were reaching out to me, and I'm going, hey, don't judge me. Leave me alone. What business you know, is it of yours? And they weren't judging me. And they, it was their business because they loved me. And they were my brothers and sisters. And they were reaching out to me, right? And Jesus is saying, you know, listen, because maybe somebody's trying to help, right? And if they're not, and if they're judging, don't turn your back on Jesus and the Bible and God just because somebody's not doing it right, just because somebody's messing it up. You know, if I, if I, if I go to the dentist... And he doesn't, he doesn't do a good job on my teeth. I'm not going to give up dentistry. I'm not going to never go to a dentist. I'm going to go to a different dentist. <laughs> but, but you see, if don't, don't, hate, don't hate God just because Christians sometimes mess it up. Is that fair? I want to do something. I want to do... The summertime is such a great time to do things that are just awkward and uncomfortable, like making people give each other their wallets and all kinds of crazy stuff we've been doing the last few weeks. So I want to do something again today. And I want to get you to participate in this, right? Um, and this isn't easy. So I want to ask you to just have the courage and do it. I'm going to ask you which category you're in. And I want you to just to raise your hand and just acknowledge what category you're in. Now, I'll, I'll tell you in advance, I'm going to raise my hand on all three. So that should make it easy for you. But how many of you would say, you know what? When Jesus is saying, you know, don't judge and don't be self-righteous and don't. How many of you say, you know what? That hits me in my heart. That's me. That's me. I, can, I know that I do that. That's awesome, you guys. It's awesome. It's, I'm so, uh, so how about the second one? This is, this is the one where I actually struggle the most. 
where I, where I feel like I see what's going on. And sometimes I just don't want to address the thing because, you know, I want to be liked. I want, you know, I, I want, I don't want to, I don't want to make you mad. Right. He said, but to the self-interested, Jesus says, confront. How many of you would say that's, that's you? Yeah. That's a hard one, right? Because we, we, it feels kind of like, right. Like, you know what? I'm just going to mind my own business. But if you love that person, you need to reach out. And then how many of you would say, this is me, the self-willed, I've just, I've had a chip on my shoulder. I don't want people judging me. Yeah. How many of you would raise your hand on that? Don't judge me, man. Right. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe, maybe God's trying to speak to you through somebody who loves you, who's not trying to judge you. I love this church because I mean, you guys, the, the candor of your willingness to just do that, just to own it and just say, yeah, you know, this is how we, this is how we grow. This is where, this is where it goes. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for all of us. And I'm going to pray for those of us that are self-righteous, that God would bring us to repentance. And I'm going to pray for those of us who are self-interested, that we would have the courage and that we would express the love that is requisite and required to reach out to somebody who's struggling. Okay. And to those who are self-willed, I'm going to pray that God would just allow you to like take the chip off your shoulder and allow somebody to speak into your life. Who's not trying to judge you. Who's not trying to hurt you. Who's trying to restore you and to bring you to health and to wholeness. Because I believe that if we do this, this is what Jesus is saying. This is, this is the Christian community. This is what it means to be in a healthy Christian family. Some of us don't have a model for that right? We didn't have it at home. We haven't seen it at work. We don't see it at school. It doesn't, it's not in the military, in our, you know, academia or wherever it is that we are. We don't see it, right? The church should be the place where we can do this. And when we mess up, we can, we, we can forgive each other. You know, if somebody doesn't do it right, that's okay. We can be merciful with one another. So I'm going to pray for that because I believe that this is what makes us whole, that we learn to not judge, but to help And when we mess up, to listen and to allow people to speak into our hearts so that we can become whole, so that we can be delivered, we can become strengthened and empowered to go strengthen, deliver, and empower our community. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, right now, we just, your words are so so powerful, so insightful. They penetrate the deepest part of our hearts and our minds. And they speak to each and every one of us. Um, I pray, Lord, for those of us who maybe we feel like we've got it all together and we just have a tendency to judge other people because we just can't understand why they do the things they do. Um, I would just pray, Lord, that those of us that are struggling with that, that we would repent and that even today we would say, God, I'm sorry. Um, I, I've, got, I've got my own sins and that I need to look at and I need to address before I start trying to help somebody else. I just pray for those of us that are, that are self-righteous in that way, God, that we would come to repentance today. Those of us, Lord, that are self-interested, that we, we've repented and we're living a repentant life and, and we're following you and, uh, and, and things are good, but when we, when we see someone else who needs help or is struggling, we're just too hesitant. We don't have the courage to, to, to do it. We're too afraid to invest in their life. We don't want to get involved in the messiness and the awkwardness of doing it. I would pray that you would give us courage as a whole church, Lord, as a whole church to, to have the tact and the generosity of spirit and the graciousness and the love to try to help reach out and say, Hey, can I, can I, can I talk with you about something? Can I, can I work with you on something? Can I be a part of your life in this area? I just pray that you would give us the courage to do that. 
And Lord, those of us that are here today that maybe we've had bad experiences, we felt judged before. And so we kind of walk around guarded and we don't want people speaking into our lives and we don't want to be held accountable. We don't want, we don't, we don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to be judged. And we've kind of just sort of become entrenched and recalcitrant and stuck in our ways. And when somebody tries to help us, we lash out at them. God, I want to pray for those of us that are struggling with that, that we would just stop and that we would just listen and that we would just just open our ears and open our hearts and open our eyes to the possibility that somebody may be trying to reach out and help us. Father, I pray for all of us today. I pray that this whole exercise be soaked in your spirit, be soaked in your love, be soaked in your mercy and in your grace. Give us the strength, Lord, today to to become healed, to become empowered, Lord, to go out and empower and love those folks who are not even in here today, those who feel already judged, those who won't come to church because they feel judged. Help us, Lord, to be a light to them. In our, in our schools, in our churches, in our, our, our places of work, everywhere we are, Lord God, in our families, help us to be a light to them. And help us to open up our hearts to them and lead them to you, where ultimate peace comes and ultimate trust comes and ultimate strength comes, all from you. Father, we pray all of this to your glory and to your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.